Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan, and I'm with you today with what I hope is a fairly brief but important check-in on the Activision Blizzard California lawsuit saga. Now, if you aren't familiar with any of this, we of course have the playlist, but we are going to go over some of the background details because it is pertinent to this story. So first, California sues Activision for, among other things, pay discrimination, hiring discrimination, and sexual harassment. Following that, and this is all covered in the playlist, you can check out these videos at your discretion, the EEOC, who had also been investigating Activision for the three-year period that we're talking about, sues and settles with Activision or proposes a settlement with Activision on the same day. So the EEOC, a federal agency, unlike the DFEH, a Californian entity, looks at Activision and says, we're going to sue you, but we also have a proposed settlement or what the courts call a consent decree for purposes of this particular relationship. Well, California doesn't like that because the EEOC is purporting to settle various things that California is suing over. And so California brings an intervention motion to tell the court that it should not approve the consent decree between Activision and the EEOC. Now, this is where the EEOC really starts arming itself and fighting California. You can see the thumbnail here, California's case destroyed by the EEOC. This is where the EEOC talks about conflicts of interest and attorneys moving between matters at the two agencies without telling one another. And we see all of this reflected in a very untoward fight between two government agencies, one state and one federal, that ostensibly are trying to help the employees at Activision Blizzard, but for all the world, look like they are just involved in political infighting, which you can lay the blame where you see fit, but certainly was initiated by California sticking its nose in and trying to intervene in this particular settlement relationship. As we go on, California gets angrier and angrier as the EEOC purports to find these conflicts of interest, etc. And even Activision tries to get in on the act, requesting for the California lawsuit to be paused while this all takes place. So California attempting to intervene with this EEOC settlement started a whole series of events, which we'll see as part of this video, the judge found to be untoward between the two parties. Now, as this has all been going on, the settlement, the consent decree, hasn't been approved. When you file a consent decree with the court, the court has to look at it, sign off on its relative fairness for the claims presented. A lot of that is going to happen at the request of the federal agency itself. Not impossible for the court to request certain changes, but mostly things are going to go along in a certain course of business. California intervening created all of this and still hasn't allowed the settlement to go through as of today. So I've been correcting people that actually ask me for quotes in various outlets that call the EEOC and Activision relationship settled when it's in fact been in limbo this entire time. And why has it been in limbo? Because the state of California has claimed they have the right to intervene. Now we're going to be talking about this Federal Rule of Civil Procedure, Rule 24, a little bit in these documents. The state of California has said we either have the right, an unconditional right to intervene by federal statute, or we have an interest relating to the property or transaction that is subject to the action, and they are so situated that disposing of the action may, as a practical matter, impair or impede the movement's ability to protect its interest, which is lawyers' talk for saying California has something to defend that it feels that it's going to lose if the EEOC is allowed to proceed with its settlement. Now, you can go back in this playlist. You can look at what I've said about this. And I've always had an issue with what the state of California has been saying 
about this particular settlement and whether or not they do have that interest. We can see that kind of writ large in their introduction to their currently pending motion to intervene. The question before the court is straightforward. Does the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, DFEH, satisfy the liberally construed Rule 24 standards favoring intervention? That's not liberally from a political perspective. That is suggesting that the standard for intervention is generally that if there's any kind of question, it should go to intervening because the courts want to get as much information as possible. California says the answer is yes. First, the DFEH is the state agency exercising California's police power to prosecute California anti-discrimination laws, has a significant interest in the California claims that the proposed decree would impair. Second, the minimal requirement that representation may be inadequate is satisfied because the EEOC lacks statutory authority to pursue those state law claims in court, but is facilitating their settlement here. And third, the DFEH acted timely, moving to intervene two weeks after the improper settlement was revealed. Separately, limited permissive intervention is appropriate because the DFEH seeks to protect its active state litigation of California law that it alone has authority to enforce. So the state of California steps back and is saying, look, you're going to allow these affected women at Activision to settle their claims with that company through the use of an $18 million fund for those affected that the EEOC has helped facilitate. And that's going to mean there's fewer women for us to defend in our lawsuit. And there's going to be fewer ways for us to attack Activision for the problems that they've had because there'll be release documents. The parties fail to address the core issue, the limited statutory authority of the EEOC, which cannot release state law claims. This overstepping directly impairs the California interests and laws for which the DFEH is the only governmental enforcement agency. Because Activision may attempt to use the decree to bar the California action, the DFEH's interests are directly implicated, which all sounds fine if this was the only document that you were reading. The problem is and always has been that if you look at the consent decree, the EEOC isn't doing anything specific with the affected women that want to make claims. The release of claims part of the consent decree is exactly what you would expect, primarily the parties which is only EEOC and the family of Activision entities, agree that this decree completely and finally resolves all allegations, issues, and claims raised by the EEOC against those Activision companies made in the action, including in the charging document. The EEOC cannot release claims from other people. Just like you or I can't pick a third party off the street and release whatever legal claims they might have against you or I. The EEOC has the right to say, we're releasing what we've got and we are a party to this document so we can release what we've got. You can release what you've got. We can ask of things from you, Activision, like $18 million, like allowing us to embed an EEO consultant in your company for three years, if not more, et cetera, et cetera. But we can't say what the affected women are actually gonna do and whether or not they're going to release their claims. So when California says the EEOC is overstepping its bounds and cannot release state law claims. In, in no way has the EEOC attempted to do that. Where California gets upset is with the notion that if an eligible claimant, an affected woman at Activision, and going through this entire process that we're not going to detail again for purposes of this video, winds up with a claim, let's call it $100,000, and says, yes, I would like to sign these forms for that $100,000. Because again, the EEOC is offering something definite California's offering something conditional. We don't know how the lawsuit's going to go. We don't know whether they'll settle with Activision. 
And the individual woman that was affected could say, yes, that is okay. That gives me redress. I'm willing to settle and release her claim. So California is upset that there's a release of claims form that was not provided to them, regardless of whether or not it's standard protocol from the EEOC or not, and thinks that the EEOC is stepping in and hurting their ability to help claimants. Well, the EEOC looks at it and says, we are helping claimants. You would just prefer them to be helped in the way that you want, which effectively is what the EEOC says. Remembering the rule itself, if we look at it again, there's two ways that you can intervene. One is if the statute says you can intervene, which is, of course, the case, which is the first thing that the EEOC fights against. It says, hey, we must consider whether a federal statute confers an unconditional right to intervene. We know that Title VII, which we're talking about here, can do that because they confer one of these rights on charging documents, individuals that charged. Congress could have provided for intervention rights for state agencies as it did for charging parties, but it did not. And that pretty much ends that conversation for all practical purposes. But the state of California isn't relying on that so much. They're relying on this concept that they have an interest to be protected, this kind of A2 concept. And there as well, I think the EEOC has always had the better side of this argument, stating that the proposed decree contains a comprehensive, transparent, and fair claims process and does not release any claims except those held by the EEOC as plaintiff under Title VII. And then they finish off with, ultimately, DFEH's interest in enforcing state law will not be in any way affected by the decree if entered. EEOC waives its Title VII claim and individuals are presented with a choice to fully release sexual harassment, pregnancy discrimination, and related retaliation claims. To the extent DFEH is claiming an interest in forcing individuals to recover in its action only, even if those individuals would prefer to release their claims, this is not a legitimate or legally cognizable interest. California wants to pursue their lawsuit to the maximal extent possible, but neither California nor the EEOC should get, and the EEOC argues, I think correctly here, is entitled to the right to tell the individuals, especially those affected by significant problems that are worthy of redress and money here, that they can't go through this settlement offer and they have to go through a lawsuit with the state of California. This is that untoward political infighting. And when you look at it through that framework, it's pretty easy to understand what happened in the last two days. Here's a Bloomberg Law article entitled, Activision Avoids California Bid to Intervene in Settlement. You can see I used the denied stamp. Again, I'm going to run out of those by the time this playlist is over. And this article starts by saying a federal judge said she would reject California's bid to intervene in Activision Blizzard's proposed $18 million settlement over sexual harassment and discrimination claims with the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. I'm not going to allow the DFEH to intervene. It's just not appropriate. Judge Dale S. Fisher of the U.S. District Court for the Central District of California said in a remote hearing. Now, it's important to note, as this article will note as well, that saying the state of California can't intervene in the consent decree doesn't mean that the court has suddenly given up its right to evaluate the consent decree for itself. That's why you file it with the court. Court has to make sure it meets its own standards of fairness, which is what the judge says here. It's highly unlikely that I would change my mind and allow the DFEH to intervene. But the fact that this particular decree is consistent with others doesn't necessarily mean that in this case, I'm going to approve it. So there you have it. The state of California tries to intervene in a very unusual way, certainly unusual insofar as these two agencies are ostensibly aimed at the same thing. And as we've talked about now for months, everything looked political in a way that 
certainly hurt Activision. That's been part of the story the whole time, but also hurt the employees affected that this consent decree couldn't get approved earlier, had to deal with all of this stuff, and frankly, made a lot of people contact me suggesting that this all looked like something that wasn't really functioning properly and that people were concerned that neither the DFEH or the EEOC or potentially the agencies that might otherwise govern this kind of thing in their own jurisdiction could be trusted to make sure that they were enforcing the laws properly and not for political ends. That's always a bad thing, which is why this article also includes a section on the agencies being scolded. Judge Fisher said she would allow the state agency to file an amicus brief, and we've talked about amicus briefs before in this space, but essentially they can file as a friend of the court, somebody that could be impacted by the court's decision here, but they can't intervene. They can't become a party to the proceedings and actually make the court do certain things. And she continued, this is a bit unseemly. I feel like I should send the two of you to a mediator. Never mind Activision getting involved in this. You apparently have been working well together for a very long time, and you'll have to be working well together in the future. It seems like not only the defendant, Activision, but also some of these employees and former employees are going to get caught in the middle here, and that's not appropriate. This is a judge effectively telling these parties to get their shit together. And I think it's completely warranted, even though I would suggest that it's California's intervention that sparked all of this. Certainly, the EEOC elevated things, and the EEOC got in trouble for filing privileged documents and had things struck, and certainly went with the nuclear option by bringing up the conflicts of interest. That again, the defendant, Activision, which both parties want to have experienced some redress for affected employees, tried to get out of certain things with that conflict of interest. They might well do so. It's going to be looked at on the normal motion basis instead of the speedy basis that Activision tried to use. So this scolding, I think, is entirely appropriate. But at the end of the day, the court's going to look at this. And if I like the way the consent decree looks and I want to sign it, I'm going to sign it. And I think probably it's going to look a lot like the way it looked when it was originally presented. Might be some tweaks, might be some changes. This number might even go up a little bit. But at the end of the day, the court is going to look at it and in all likelihood, sign it was originally presented. And all of this, all the political fallout, the conflict of interest, the way the DFEH looks, the way the EEOC looks, and every part of this section of the playlist here on the Hogue Law YouTube channel could have been avoided if these parties just would have talked to each other before going down this road. This has been a relatively short virtual legality for today. If you enjoy this, if you get value out of our discussions of business and law through the lens of pop culture, video games, technology, and more, please consider supporting us through the Patreon. There are other ways to support the channel listed below or just subscribing and telling your friends that we are here. I also, before I sign off on this video, want to make an important announcement for those of you that have been interested in Two Hugs Are Better Than One, Thabtoe. We are going to have a discussion over our favorite games of the year, 2021 on Saturday, December 18th, 1 p.m. Eastern. I know a number of you have asked to hear from my brother, Tom, again, especially now that he no longer works for Activision. So please do pop in, check it out. We'll probably be talking for a couple of hours and I would love to see you in the chat and otherwise talk about games with you all. Otherwise, if you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, 
please consult your own legal counsel.